Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Public. I am glad you joined us here today. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check us out as well on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Church Public. We have a great show today. We're talking about a new creed that has popped up in this woke religion. So get ready. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to Church Public again. I am glad that you joined us here today. There's a lot going on in this world, and I noticed something the other day. I noticed a yard sign um, that speaks about, I would say, a creed for this new woke religion, this religion that has been popping up all over the country, and, and this yard sign is just the next iteration broadcasting out what you believe about this new religion. In fact, that's what it's titled. The yard sign is titled, We Believe. And before we get into what the yard sign says, and you may have seen them, I'll try to post a link to them as well in the show notes, but this yard sign talks about what we believe. And you may or may not know that the Christian church has had many creeds over the years saying what the Christian church or what a a believer in Christ believes. Many of these were in response to some sort of misunderstanding of the gospel or the person of Jesus, etc. These creeds were deliberated and I'm sure argued thoroughly for their content and continuity in theology of God and God's character, the person of Jesus, and those types of things. Some of these creeds are very old and time-honored, like almost 2,000 years old, and this time-honored sense, meaning they've stood the test of time, hundreds and hundreds uh, even a couple of thousand years, and and I would say up to hundreds of, uh, maybe even a thousand really smart people tearing them apart, people who are smarter than you, smarter than me, and both of us, all of us put together. And still, these creeds, they have value, and they have worth to illuminate what we believe as followers of Jesus Christ, even hundreds or thousands of years later. Uh, for instance, and there's a bunch, but one such creed is the Nicene Creed. It was first written around 325. It was adjusted a couple of years after that, but some form of it has existed since then, 1,700 years ago. Uh, It says such things as, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of all things visible and invisible, and there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it goes on, and I won't read the whole thing to you. You can look it up. Again, it's been around for hundreds, almost 2,000 years So it hasn't changed much since then, and the truth of it remains the same, and the truth of it points us towards that bigger truth that is what we believe God is like, what we believe Jesus is like, what we believe that we are, humans are, in light of who God is. Those are affirmative statements that help us understand the nature of God, the nature of humanity, the meaning of life, and what God has done for us, like how much God cares for us. These are things that are helpful for us to understand as believers, as as followers of God. And again, that all fits into this big category of theology. So I don't want to get too deep into that and into all of the things, but it's important to understand that a creed, a we-believe statement, especially in the Christian church, has been around for a long, long time. And this, what I saw the other day, this yard sign that said, we believe in someone's yard, and, I, and I've heard and, and looked into it a little bit, and they are popping up around in people's yards across America, apparently. And this creed, I think, is important to pay attention to, because as I mentioned in other episodes, this new religion that is popping up that is anti-Christian, it's, it's uh, 
it's some people are calling it the woke religion um but it is this new anti uh anti-christian sometimes anti-american religion that is trying to bring solidarity to some of its ideals and i just thought this sign was interesting because it really illustrates some of these ideals now Another thing that I thought was interesting about it is that almost every statement is, uh, it's not an affirmative statement. Again, like we looked at the, the Nicene Creed, those are affirmative, positive statements that this is true. Like God is uh, the, the one, Father God, Jesus is the Son of God. Those, those are just things that are affirmative statements about what God is. Almost every statement in this yard sign that I saw was actually it's the opposite. It's, I mean, you could call it negative just in the sense that, not that it's, uh, not that it's negative saying, but it's against something. It's what we stand against rather than what we stand for, right? Um, and it's really a strange thing to say we believe these things because what we really believe is not the positive explanation. It's the what we stand against. Anyway, you'll understand that more as we get into some of the statements and, and what they are. And I'll, I'll try to explain the best that I can what they are. And you can look it up and, and draw your own conclusions if you'd like to. But again, I think it's important to talk about because people are placing these on their lawns. In other words, saying this house, this family, whatever it is, now believes, agrees with these statements. So in the, in the sense of as this new belief system, and it really is a belief system, is popping up. And when they say, this is what we believe, we should listen. Okay, I, I'm going to listen to what you believe. And then as uh, followers of Jesus, as, as another belief system, we have to understand, okay, well, how are we going to interact with that? What are we going to do? What are we going to say as we interact with these statements? So let's get into the sign. Okay, so one more thing before we get into the sign itself, and it's this idea of semantic overload. Semantic is just a fancy word of saying what a word's meaning is, this, the semantic meaning of a word. Um, and overload means that it means too many things at the same time. So if you have semantic overload, that means you can say one thing, but it means two things or three things. And then what gets confusing is when you say something as a statement, it's really confusing when you have semantic overload because you don't know which statement you're talking about. And then when it comes into too much overload, then you, you, you don't really have a space to say, well, what are we really talking about? And are we really talking? Or are you just yelling at me? I, I'm not really sure. So when we say, like in the Nicene Creed, that Jesus is the Son of God, that's a fairly direct statement. You can't really take that in a different way than it said. It's just one semantic meaning. It's just Jesus is the Son of God. There you go. Um, so, for instance, when we move to this we believe sign, this new creed for this new, what I would call, religion, uh, the first thing it says is we believe black lives matter. This is a very uh, semantically overloaded statement. On the surface, of course, everyone believes that black lives matter, other than like seven stupid racist people in America who, who should be uh, punished as far as I'm concerned. Everyone believes that black lives matter. Everyone does. But this statement is suffering from this terrible semantic overload because it doesn't only mean a people group uh, with, for instance, this high melanin count. The statement means that there is another group, this organization, that is organized and has uh, you know, websites and donation areas. They've been protesting and, and causing uh, havoc across cities in America over the last several months. Um, 
and and so we're also talking about that. So we're talking about obviously the people. Black Lives Matter, absolutely true. The organization is a whole nother story, and and really the bottom of of the goal, I, I think, at the at this statement is that this organization has declared publicly that they want to defund and abolish the police. And they've also said things like removing the nuclear family structure and really uh, opposing America's founding ideals that we've talked about in other, other times because this country is inherently and systemically racist. Those are the ideals. So we have to get rid of the whole system. And that's this one statement. Um, so that's a bit of semantic overload. And, th- and that's just the first statement on this new creedal yard sign. Here's another statement. No human is illegal. I feel like that's a weird saying semantically because, of course, a human by definition is not illegal unless, of course, they do something illegal, which humans do. That's why we have laws. That's why we have prisons. That's why we have a justice system. But, of course, I think this statement, no human is illegal, refers to something like the borders of America and those that cross into the country and stay illegally. So the statement doesn't mean what it says. It doesn't mean that a human is just a human. It means that if you do something illegal, like cross the border illegally, that you shouldn't be illegal. And there, I mean, I guess the extension is then there should just be no borders and we should have no border control and anybody who wants to come in should come in, which would create a lot of issues in America if that were the case. And in fact, there is no country that has no border control because that that becomes a a big problem. Um, Next, love is love. And I mean, semantically, that doesn't even actually mean anything because, of course, love is love. That's just an equal statement. But I I believe, again, there's a deeper meaning on the sign, a a different semantic meaning that I believe is abolishing the traditional family and making any relationship government approved, I guess. Once again, this is not a statement on what is good or what is right. It's a statement on what to get rid of, get rid of the traditional family so that any family structure, any love is love, I guess, replaced with whatever family you'd like to have. The next statement is that women's rights are human rights, and women are humans, so I, I agree, women are humans, but again, th- that would be the, the obvious semantic definition, but that's not what we're talking about, I think. So this is, I guess, about pro-choice, pro-life, um, whether abortion, killing babies in the womb is a healthcare issue. I think that's the argument here, and I have so many thoughts, I and mean, we've talked about some of the other thoughts. I, I don't believe that killing babies in any context is a good thing. It sounds like murder to me. Um, but as a side point, does this mean that babies are not humans? If women's rights are human rights, but then there are there no baby rights because those are not human rights. I get really confused by this. And again, very semantically overloaded as a statement. Anyway, next statement. Science is real. Yes. Uh, but, but of course, I don't think that's what it means. I don't think what it says it means is what it means. So in this statement that is science is real, I mean, other than some weird misinformed flat earthers, which of course I just discovered they were actually flat earthers, which is a whole crazy thing. I thought we had basically resolved that the earth is round, but some people apparently still believe it's flat. Anyway, other than those people, I think everybody believes that science is real, but I don't think semantically this is what it is. So I guess that science is real means that climate change is a thing and some people don't take it seriously. And sure, climate change is a thing. The climate changes, that happens. The better question or the discussion that we'd like to have is, if we could actually have such a discussion, it would be how are humans impacting the climate and then what should we do about it? Rather than making these extensions 
like we read about in the Green New Deal, and you can go read it, which suggests things like we ban fuel and airplanes and kill cows because cows are putting out too much methane. Um, I don't think we can all agree that those are the right actions. So what are the right actions and how, how do we do that? So the next one is water is life. Water is life. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. Water is life. I like water. Humans need water to live. If you don't drink water after a day or so, you will probably die. I mean, that's, that's very important. But again, uh, semantically, that's what the definition at its face value would mean. I don't think it's what that means. I didn't even really get this one at all. So I did have to search this on the internet. And what I found was that the slogan, water is life, actually refers to protests against oil pipelines. I, I mean, I, as a side note, I'm really a big proponent of just say what you mean. If you want to say, I don't like oil, I don't like gas-powered vehicles, I think we should ban all oil and gas-powered vehicles, just say that. Like, I would rather understand that. And again, let's have the discussion about, okay, then we'll all just ride bicycles or walk everywhere and we won't visit our relatives across the country because we won't have cars and we won't have airplanes because we don't want to use any kind of fossil fuels. Uh, If that is the proposal, just say the proposal rather than saying water is life, in which case... I don't know what you're talking about because I too like water. I like drinking water. I like the ocean. Um, and again, as a side note, this all these statements are something you're against rather than something you're for. All right, last one. I think you've, we've almost made it. I know this is this is a little bit exhausting maybe to to walk through all this. So the last one on the sign that I saw was injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And this one really is a I think a confusing one and, and really a semantically overloaded saying because yes, I think we all feel injustice. And I've talked several times on the show about what injustice looks like, what it means, and why we have to enter into it. We have this innate ability to sense injustice. We feel this as humans. And if we don't have a worldview like a biblical worldview that includes God, the God of justice, then we have to create a system to fix the injustice in some way. And that becomes a little bit tricky. It becomes tricky to fix injustice without a moral grounding, without a moral foundation. So how do we do that? How do we figure this out? We have to look at it and see what does injustice really mean. And again, in my worldview, in a Christian worldview, in a view with God as the author of justice and the author of morality, this just sounds like sin. It's just saying that there is sin in the world. There are problems in the world, you and I and everyone else all make mistakes and those mistakes have consequences and those consequences then come across throughout all sorts of situations and circumstances as injustice. So yes, I believe injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere and that's absolutely true and that's just a statement, it's it's almost an existential statement on the reality of life. The reality of life is there is injustice and in the Christian worldview, there will be injustice because we are not perfect here on this earth. The left would have you believe that if we removed the systems of government, if we removed the systems of institution, if we removed the police and things like that, there would be a utopia. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. There would be a utopia where everything would be perfect because people, when left alone, will be perfect. History and a lot of literature, things like Lord of the Flies, and then 
A lot of circumstances that we see even today, like in Seattle, show you that we are not perfect and when left alone, with, when left without the institutions of government, the institutions of the police that hold back the chaos, it becomes chaos. And death and murder and worse are the result. And so this is a hard statement. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And that's absolutely true. But I think, again, we're arguing about, well, then what's the solution? And I would suggest, as we've talked about, you can listen, go back and listen to the socialism episode and, and what socialism promises, but what it cannot deliver, and then what a limited government that only import, imposes the appropriate amount of force offers. And that's, that's the government that the founders, that we have tried to keep up here in America, this idea that the government should only intercede as far as it is necessary and no further. The whole point of the Constitution, the whole point of, of a lot of the amendments is, and the Bill of Rights is to limit the amount that government is allowed to move into your world so that you have the freedom to live in the way that is beneficial to you and not harmful to someone else. And that's a lot like what Christianity is. You want to give benefit to those around you, and God gives you the freedom to live your life. So how do we do this? And, and this is really hard. And I think as we get back to the creed, the place that we started, as we get back to what I think this is, a new creed that people are placing on this sign and on their lawn, is an interesting thing. It's a thing to watch. It's a thing that we want to dialogue about. But the problem is, it's really hard to dialogue about this. And I, for one, really like having these conversations. I want to have conversations and figure out where we can come together, where we can agree on things. As I said, even through this conversation, there's a lot of this that I agree on. The problem and where I don't agree, and the problem where some people on both sides of this issue don't agree, is how you get to the end result. And if we can't have these conversations, then it's going to be really hard to process through this and get to a better situation. And unfortunately, what I think about this sign is it's saying, here, I'm putting this on my lawn, and now you need to agree with me 100%. And if you don't agree with me 100%, then we're not having a conversation about it. And unfortunately, I've had a lot of friends and, that, and, and other people that once you disagree, then you really can't keep going in the conversation, and the conversation ends, and it just turns into other people calling me names and things like that. And, and we see that in the media, we see that on social media, and, and that's not a way to live. It's not a good way to process through life, and we have to figure out how do we do this better. And if you put this sign on your lawn and say, these are the things I believe, to me, it's saying you have to agree with these things. It's not saying, hey, I want to invite you in for a dialogue and let's figure out how to solve these problems. And until we get to that point where we can dialogue about it, until we get to that point where we can process through how to do this together, we're going to be stuck in this indecision. We're going to be stuck in this disunity. And it's going to lead us to places that I don't think anybody wants to go we, uh, both sides are talking about peace, but making these big declarations is not going to help us get to peace. It's not going to help us have these conversations to get there. So my prayer for you, my prayer for this country is that those that disagree can begin talking again and we can come up with actual solutions, actual policies, 
actions that we can implement together. I hope that you have appreciated this episode. I hope that you understand where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a place that I want to continue to have these conversations and these dialogues. And while that is difficult, I think it is well worth it. So as always, God bless you and I hope you keep the faith. Thanks for joining us at Church Public. I'm so glad you are listening. I hope that you like and subscribe at iTunes. You can check us out on social media at Church Public, on Twitter, Instagram, etc. God bless and keep the faith.